I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Not really related about the movie, but think about no spell to teenage movies in America. Everyone's so up in each other's business, aren't they? When I was at school, I didn't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> I didn't care what they were up to. These people have a dedicated, like, website they all go and talk to each other about. Oh, yeah. I was... Does anyone care about school that much? Maybe it's an American thing. I I, cannot imagine that happening I barely care about my own friends. (laughs) Hello there. It's me. Simon. No, Lonnie is my name. Jacques, perhaps. What would your your code name be? My code name be... um, Rodriguez. Why would that be your code name? It's a great name. No, nothing else needed. Right. <laughs> anyway, <Good. laughs> this is Lonnie, silently like you, film review podcast by me, Lonnie, and my girlfriend, Sine. Hello. This week we've seen Love, Simon, which is based on the novel Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, YA sort of situation going mm-hmm. on. By Becky Abitale, who also wrote... The Upside of Unrequited, which I mm-hmm. haven't read yet, but that was her first sort of claim to fame. Cool. And she's also directed by Greg Belanti, who's involved with a lot of the Arrow shows, apparently, on oh, CW, okay. and also um, Riverdale a little bit. So. And talking about Riverdale. You've got a weird thing about Riverdale. You've got a weird thing about Riverdale. I've watched like one episode without you. Gave up on it a little bit. I'm still keen to watch it one day, though. Got a lot going on in my life, you know. This is not a Riverdale podcast. <laughs> Continue. Love, Simon. It is a... Basically, it's a John Hughes-style teenage movie mm-hmm. with the big twist or differential factor is that it's about a gay guy. Isn't that yeah. great? Wonderful. And our screening here in Brisbane, Queensland... Supposedly the most con- the conservative place in mm. Australia. Mm. Loved it. Everyone was... It was packed cinema. Everyone clapped and cheered at all the right moments. Yeah, yeah. The audience it really... Was amazing, wasn't it? Energetic. Your thoughts on the film itself, though, Sinead? I liked it. I thought it was yeah. good. It uh, had a real feel to me of very much like John Green's adaptation. So Paper Towns and Tifios, it felt very much like them. And I don't think that's because... I don't think I'm comparing them to that just because they're recent. It definitely has that sort of quirky, funny, um, YA feel to them. Yeah, everyone's smart and clever and has the quips and yeah, the, main, yeah. the main people are pretty quirky. Yeah, Exactly. Quite simple films with interesting characters that really show what it's like to be a teenager. Yeah, John Green's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Without him, this wouldn't have been made. Yeah, good on him. And I'm, I was just joking. I'm, it's great that he's, it's you know, John Hughes, John Green. Mm. You probably called John, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess these are like the new wave of John Hughes films, hey, for our mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. A bit younger than us, maybe. Um, 
the film itself was very predictable. Yeah. As is a lot of these kinds of films. I don't know that you go to these films for complicated plots or twists and turns. Um, you go to, to watch cute people talk to each other, don't you? And Yeah. Feel the emotions, ride the waves, you know, that's, that's what you're it. doing it for. Like the people behind us were doing, weren't they? The most annoying, obnoxious people I ever met in my whole entire life. They were very rude. Very rude. Less about them. More about the film. Just, you, just, you can't talk when you go to the cinema, names. I know that you can't. I know. No one else knows this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Nick Robinson as Simon? I thought he was good. He's got a bit of a theatre background. Mm. Um, I thought he was good. But he was also in Everything Everything by Nicola Yoon, which is the one where... She can't go outside or something. It's another YA book. It hasn't really come to us yet. No, it? I haven't seen it, but he was a lead in that and he's a lead in this as well. Mm. Um, can we just give a quick shout out to Jennifer Garner, one of the most underrated actresses of her generation? Why is she so great? Why is she incredible? Why would Ben Affleck leave her? She is perfect. It's a bit strange the last, I don't know, five or so years. She's doing the mum roles, isn't she? It is. Makes just... me feel so old. <laughs> well, it's more like it's annoying that obviously her choice and everything, but that she's not headlining the movies anymore. She's coming in for a week to do the mum bits, which is fine. Maybe she likes doing that and she's good at it. Can we give a shout-out to the best cast member? Is it Tony Hale? Yes, it's Tony Hale. <laughs> of course it's Tony Hale. Yeah, I can't deal when he hasn't I got just, a hook. No. <laughs> or he hasn't got a bag over his shoulder. He is forever Buster and Gary. That's it. <laughs> he can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I have no, that he weird. Can. He does this. He's great. Like affinity for him. Like the people next to us were like, "Oh, that vice principal was great." His name is Tony Hale, and you will address him as such. And how Mr. you Hale. can't love him because we love him more. It's we true. loved him first. Mm-hmm. He's great. The drama teacher is incredible. Yeah, she, she is so, so wonderful. She <laughs> she made she sold every line. I know that kind of character has been in lots of films recently, a sort of sassy but teacher who takes no crap. But she was the best, though. This is the best version of that. And she actually followed through when she, like, stood up for him when he's being bullied. And yeah, stuff. yeah. It wasn't like she was just there for the jokes. She no. Actually she came actually in had an and important had, did thing. something. Yeah. yeah. All, the, all his friends were fine. Storm yeah. from the new X-Men was great. The Australian girl, she was good. She didn't have much to do, though, compared to the rest of them. No, she didn't. She Her role was just... Pining. Yeah, and Nick, well, um, he was all right, and Martin. Martin had more to do. He did, he yeah. He's interesting. He's funny because I didn't actually hate him, even though like, he's supposed to not like him, but I kind of felt sorry for him. I actually thought his character was probably the most true to life because you have that person at your school. They're no. not mean or anything. They're just really annoying yeah. in there um, all the time. Sometimes you've got lots of them, you know. They're trying to get, like, in your friend group and yeah. they're just a bit, you know, intense. Exactly. Um, I did think it was funny when he starts to blackmail Simon and Simon's like, that's it, we're going to go to your house right now, I'm going to help you. Gets there, Simon leaves after two seconds. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And then the guy's like, oh, no, 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 I don't want your help, I don't need a makeover, I just yeah. need, like... You'd tell her that she loves me. And then he's like, you want to sleep over? I'm like, no, obviously. She's just come, obviously. You come from school. You don't have anything. Where are your pajamas? Where's your yeah, toothbrush? Exactly. Can we talk about my least favourite thing in films? No. Okay, so this is second least favourite. It's going empty coffee cups. Mm-hmm. I'm a biggest gripe. Number one. Number two, 
shoes on the couch and beds. No one puts their shoes on couch and beds. Jennifer Garner always does it in her films. And I'm really annoyed that she doesn't say anything to the director. Also, Simon's walking on his bed with his sand shoes that he's been out in the street with. Maybe it's a thing that she wants to bring to her roles. Oh, like how Brad Pitt eats in every scene. Yeah. Jennifer Garner just... It's in her contract. ...shoes on furniture every scene. <laughs> what else does she do it in that you know of? Does she do it in? Yeah. She does it in the end of Suddenly 30 when Mark mm. Ruffalo is there and they're moving into their house and they sit on the thing and eat mm. the whatever the lollies are. Does she do it in Juno? Probably. Look, it's very upsetting she... for me to even talk about this. Okay. So you do your own research. I'm yeah. just saying. And Simon, get your, don't walk on your... You've been out in the... Well, you stepped in poo and now you're walking over your bed. Right. Ridiculous. I know it was the point of the film as well, but, like, he's not the most intelligent of main characters. He's not very clued in, is he? No, it's some of those things where he is... Part of the problem is himself, and he has to yeah. get better and mature and stuff. I guess He's so. got the internal emotional conflict that he's mm. going on the emotional journey, mm. as opposed to films where he's, like, defeating, he's, like, fighting for justice, and yeah. he's fine, but everything else is bad. But yeah, you're right. I was like, oh, dude, just just talk to everybody. Everyone's going to be fine. It could be sorted out in two seconds kind of he, thing. He did admit him to, to us, in, or to Blue, actually, in the letters that, he knows that his family will be fine. His friends won't care. It's, and even there's another gay guy at school who was nothing wrong. Yeah. But he just can't do it himself. And I'm, I'm sure that is very accurate to yeah. people who have been in the situation. Yeah. But it's kind of like he, and he's a kid and everything. We just want to like take him by the shoulders and shake him. We're like, dude, just scrap a little bit, mate. You'll be fine. You're, you're a great guy. Like, you'll be okay. You know? I know. Especially with his friend where they come over and have the um, – sleepover and stuff and she like turns her face towards him because she wants to kiss him and he's like good night hmm. so the fact that he ended that really quickly and said good night was because he was feeling un- uncomfortable and if he thought about that a mi- little bit more that would have been because she was wanting to kiss him yeah and then he opened his laptop and went to write a message and said one of my friends and i thought he was going to say one of my friends likes me but instead he said one of my friends likes the other and he was talking about abby and yeah um, Weird, right? yeah and I actually think it could have been better if he had reciprocated with his friend. I know there's a thing in the LGBTIQ community where there's this worry that they only discover that they're gay when they're with someone of the opposite sex. And I don't want to, you know, um, support that if that is offensive and annoying for that. As like a trope, people. you mean? Yeah, yeah, as a trope. Yeah, yeah. But. It's alluded to that he had this girl and at the prom she said she loved him or whatever, ago, yeah. yeah, and then she he broke up with her because he was gay. I actually think it could have been more interesting to put that relationship, make that relationship happen now with the friend. So make her be in love with him. He goes along with it but doesn't really know how to extricate himself because he's gay but she doesn't know and he can't mm. really deal with that. I think that could have given her a little bit more agency, a little bit more to do and also made him not seem so stupid because the whole time when he's like they had that weird interaction at the sleepover but he never mentions it again even though he picked up that it was weird and then he tries to convince himself that she was in love with Nick. I don't know. It was just a bit um, convoluted and it could have been much cleaner if they had taken that thing that they used a few years ago and made it happen now. Um, Yeah. And maybe even it wasn't. You know, he wasn't sure if he was gay, so he dates someone of the opposite sex. Mm. It doesn't have to be that. It could just be he, he doesn't. To. He felt yeah. obligated to. He didn't want to hurt his friend. He's kind of going along with it, but maybe 
not doing anything he's uncomfortable with, mm. sort of trying to, you know, get out of the situations that he feels uncomfortable with. Yeah, maybe it was just because we've seen that a few times before. Yeah, maybe. And yeah, but that could have been an interesting way to take the story, you're right. Mm. I feel like his friends were really harsh on him. Like the big reveal where they're all standing at the corner on the street. Mm. They're all like, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Guys, like he, he's going through a lot of shit. <laughs> he tried to explain it, that he's being blackmailed, and they're like, no, that's it. Cancelled. I'm not going to talk to you ever again. No. I actually really loved the device that they used of each time he sort of had a new infatuation or a new crush on a boy, their voice was used to voice yeah. the letters from Blue. I thought that was really, really clever. And even to the extent where he'd have um, be imagining the guy in the car and it was that guy mm. that he had the most recent crush on sort of thing or the mm-hmm. most recent suspicion that he was Blue. I thought that was really clever that they used that. I just remembered a funny bit in that, in that same vein Yeah, when he's imagining being under his mistletoe. Oh, yeah. And the person behind us, did you hear them? No. What happened? She's like, just a dream sequence. Not happening, not real. Just a dream uh, sequence. I don't know who she was talking to, whether she was talking to her stupid daughter or whether she was talking to herself <laughs> or just letting us all know. But we get it. Let's enjoy it. <laughs> I know. It's so annoying, isn't it? Obviously, the dude hasn't turned up at his Christmas yeah, dinner. Yeah, and the family aren't talking to him or responding to him at all. <laughs> Can you imagine? They just ignore him. Yes, that was a very good thing. I, I, did you pick up on the little hint of the identity of the person when they were at the at the cafeteria at one point talking about what what you are if you're black and you're Jewish, you're bluish, and then in the end. Oh my! Oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> no, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick up until the end, and I was like, oh, because then they mentioned oh. black and Jewish. Yeah. Oh. On the Ferris wheel. I'm glad it was him. Yeah. He was my favorite. Vacation Barack Obama, which was incredible. I liked the guy from the diner as well, though. Yeah, he was really sweet. They're all sweet. They're all they're sweet. all wonderful. Yeah. Um, I liked the Ferris wheel thing. I thought that was really cool. It's a bit trite that they're all like cheering for him down the bottom, like "Go, Simon, you've was... got this." Yeah. Again, who cares? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine having that much emotional investment in someone's romantic life, but anyway. I liked that it was sort of um, a nice character arc for the Martin character to pay for the last ride and everything. But who's waiting for the last one? Was he just standing there? Sorry, the blue. Was he just standing there? He's like just watching him ride the Ferris wheel like 15 times and then decides to go at the end. Like that kind of stuff's a bit trite. Also, something that you raised with me afterwards, there is a little bit of a thing in this film with lots of teenage films where – they're really rich yeah, and don't have a lot of problems. Um, not that you have to be poor to have problems, but it does sort of evoke rich kid problems where... Yeah, and this, this thing he's like at the beginning, he's like, my life is perfect. My dad was a quarterback. My mum's a psychologist now. Yeah. Sweetheart. And I've got a little sister who's great. And my only problem is that I'm gay. And, like, that's obviously the story. And it's the story of lots of people out there. Mm. I'm trying to discredit the emotional turmoil his character was going through. But I was like, just take back to Ladybird. Her turmoil is that her parents, like her dad can't get a job. And yeah. They're, they're so poor. poor. This guy's got like a, a a room that's bigger than our whole apartment. It's like room you know? goals yeah. with his chalkboard wall and everything. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's just a little bit different. Like you can make movies about poor people guys. That's, you know, it hasn't got to be every single person in a movie is rich. I know. Enough. I know. Well, you see why, though, because it's like, you know... You do, yeah. yeah. And that's not the issue of this story yeah. and everything. 
I like that you said that this film isn't really that different to Lady Bird. Well, it's not a whole, like a few degrees different, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? But, so it is interesting Lady Bird was nominated at the Oscars and everything because I, it's got the indie cred and everything. Yeah, and it does feel a bit more indie and a bit more um, adult. grounded in reality. Aimed at adults rather than teenagers. Yes. This is aimed as teenagers who are going through it now. I feel like Lady Bird is aimed as adults who just went through teenagehood. And the thing about Lady Bird is it's actually about the mum, isn't it? Yes. It's not about. Yeah. It's more about the mum. It's about their is. relationship than yeah. anything else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's a little bit different then. Mm. But mm. you're right. It's not a huge amount of different. No. What do you think about the title change of the film? I don't know. I kind of like the title, but I kind of like the original title as well. Perhaps it would have been a bit harder to market and mm. that sort of thing. I, mm. I imagine that's why. I haven't read the book. I've got it there to read, but I yeah. know on the back one of the big, like, promo sections are why don't straight people have to come out as well? Yeah. Um, and I did really like that sequence in the film mm. where they were sort of acting what it would be like it's if straight people had point. to come out. Yeah. And we've said that to each other before, yeah. especially going through the same-sex marriage survey that we had to go through in Australia, how stupid yeah. it is that we haven't had to have that conversation with our parents. That, yeah. And the whole thing about, know. like, you can choose to be gay. Well, exactly. You didn't choose not to be gay, not did to you? Not be gay, so, exactly. Yeah. So that was really interesting that they – I feel like they service that well, even though I haven't read the book mm. yet, I feel like. I liked how it was presented. Um, I have a little bit of an issue with name changes that I feel like a bit spoken down to. Like they're like, oh, people just won't understand Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda or they won't mm. remember it because it's too long or whatever. I don't have a huge issue with the change and I feel like the change Love, Simon was relevant to the narrative and sure it lends itself to hashtag Love, Simon on Instagram and everything. But just a wider point, I don't really understand why titles have to be changed even more so country to country, but especially book to film. Like we all know mm. that this is based on the book. Yeah. Why did it need to be changed? Well, it makes it more confusing, doesn't it, really, if you've exactly. read the book. Exactly, yeah. So from the title, you see a bit more of a misanthrope in the novel, like he hates people, like he I hates don't know. I, okay. I, don't, I don't. I wonder if that's been changed too, but like, again, yeah, got no idea. At the moment. I, I believe the tone is quite similar to that section where he said, why don't straight people have to yeah. come out? It's a bit more sort of railing yeah. against it yeah. than yeah, yeah. Sure. just going with everything. He was a bit of a wet blanket in the film. Like he, I don't know. Yeah, he's gone through the troubles. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know what you mean. I also felt the film was quite meme mm-hmm. The way that it incorporated like Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, the lemonade thing with Beyonce. I don't tend to like things like that in films. I just find that really yeah. dating quite quickly. And yep. also I feel like they're trying a bit too hard to make it relevant and being like, look, we're cool. We said something about Game of Thrones. And it just doesn't translate well. Um, I think you can get away with it like in a film like Boyhood, for example, where it's, yeah, it's the point that the you're going through. Each, each thing's happening in that sequence mm-hmm. and it's very intertextual. But I'm not really a huge fan of it in Sometimes it films. comes across as if, Hey, we're relevant and down with the kids because we mentioned Game of Thrones. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it just comes across as like, I don't know, your dad trying to say something. Like Josh Duhamel's character, he's incredible, by the way. He's had mm. a, like a, almost a reconnaissance in the last few years, but um, I know he was in 112361, 29. 
whatever that show is with James Franco where he goes back in time. Yeah. Um, where he says, oh, let's join Grindr together and he has no idea what Grindr is. That's how these memes kind of come across to me. Like you're mm. just trying to be cool and just it's a bit cringy. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the best character in the film? We already have, haven't we? Can we talk about the equal best character in the film? Who's that? The dog. Oh, yeah. The incredible dog who is played by a Jack Russell Terrier, the best breed of dog in the history of the world. And he's a long-haired, a wiry-haired one, which is just like my old family dog, Wilco. And he had a little spot on his the end of his tail as well, like where his mm-hmm. tail meets his bottom, and the little, little beard, the little goatee. It was basically Wilco. And I like the idea that after Wilco passed away, he's gone into the film career. And, yeah, you know. He's actually just gone to Hollywood. He's just gone to Hollywood to try to make it big. And, you know, and we no support one him. No cares enough about the dogs when they're on screen, do they? I, I just hate it. So much. There's a scene in this where he goes to um, talk to Leah and what's her name? And she's walking a dog, and no then one they cut. It, no, no one, one pats it, it. No one acknowledges it, and then they cut to a close up of them talking, like a two shot. Where's the dog? If it's anything like our dog, he'd be like tugging on the lead, trying to go for his walk. Why was none of that incorporated in the, in the close up? Why did no one acknowledge the dog? All I want is for everyone in films to be replaced by cats and dogs. I just want the movie Cats and Dogs, I guess. Yep. That movie Cat Dog. Great show. Wasn't that a great show? I used to love that show. Anyway, I just, I just, the dog's great. And it doesn't die, thank God. The the number one sin of movies, in my opinion. So... Probably uh, four out of five for me. What do you reckon? Four out of five for me. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yep. It's good. Similar to Black Panther, Wonder Woman. Very important for it to happen. The movie itself a bit formulaic, but still yeah. doing everything pretty well. Everything so, like, pretty well. And the why complain? point is, the point isn't the film. The yeah. point is that the film was made. It was so amazing. We saw it at a preview screening, so that's awesome. Yeah. And everyone there clapped and cheered when the person was revealed and yep. just the whole when they kissed finally. It was, it was great. It was wonderful. It kind of was really... Like it wouldn't happen 10 years ago, would it? It wouldn't have happened 10 years ago, no. 20 years ago, this movie would be illegal probably. <laughs> so. That's it. And we noticed there were um, a few couples of gay people in our cinema mm-hmm. and it was just... I just felt really happy for them Me that too. they were able to see themselves reflected on screen. Awesome. Thank you very much for listening to this pod. We actually reviewed Paper Towns a little while ago. Go find that one. Yep. You'd probably like it if you like this. Yeah, definitely. Although I don't know who's seen this and not seen Paper Towns. Well, you want to hear our thoughts about it, you can hear. Lots of other pods out there for you to listen to as well. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.